the Sharks fall in overtime to the Edmonton Connor McDavid's and lose two to one. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Teal Town After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, check us out and chat with us across all of the social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the YouTube chats, SoundCloud, Reddit, and then, of course, all the shenanigans that go down in the Discord. And check all of that and more at tealtownusa.com. I'm pleased to be joined by Mr. Ian Reed. Ian... How are you doing this evening? I'm all right. I mean, it is what it is at this point. I'm fine, though. I mean, I don't know, man. This team, this team sucks. But we've, <laughs> we know that, right? Like, we know that. So it's like it's, again, I'm a lot of anger for this team. But, um, yeah, this as team we've sucks. Said, yeah, as we've said many times within our own DMs, there's only so many ways you can slice a turd. <laughs> and we're getting to that. Uh, we're getting to that point, ladies and gentlemen. It's um, it's unfortunate, you know. The Sharks put up a great effort, uh, especially against uh, Edmonton, um, really weathering the uh, Connor McDavid storms that he would have. I mean definitely showing you why he's he's the number one superstar in the nhl it's always a pleasure to watch him on the ice um a little interesting to see that leon dreisaitl did not suit up this evening um so you know for for edmonton's run's sake hopefully they'll get leon back sooner rather than later but uh, i think you could definitely see it within the the structure of the game tonight very much um one and done type situation yeah um and uh you know, I think really kind of one of those slogging type of type uh, of a sl- type of affairs. Yeah, I mean, this I I don't think like I I I don't think if you're like if you're an Edmonton fan, you're probably happy with the win. But are you super happy with how they played this game? Probably not. Like I don't think I don't think the Oilers played that great of a game versus the Sharks. I think they came in even though like they, they still need all the points they can get really. But I, I feel like they came in tonight and they said, well, the sharks are ass. So we're going to play like the team's ass. And I, I don't think like we saw a particularly good game from the Edmonton Oilers, which makes that, you know, and it, so if you want to bring that to the sharks, the, you know, the Edmonton Oilers didn't even give it their full effort. And they still handled them. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I guess that just kind of goes to show you the the lack of talent there and the talent discrepancy between the two teams, and um, you know just how far the Sharks have to go. But in that first period, the Sharks would score first, fifteen thirty two on the power play, uh, beautiful one timer from T- Tomas Hurdle, uh, Brent Burns getting the puck over to him, and Timo Meyer doing a great job in the boards. To- to spit it back out to the blue line. Um, we've seen Hurdle score this goal um, time and time again, but uh, Ian, what did you see on this one that just eluded the the uh, the Oilers? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was just it was a nice set play, um, and I think it's just like you said, we've seen Hurdle score from here a million times. Like it was just it was just to me it was just a good set play, and again they I, I didn't think the Oilers were very good, and I thought the Sharks maybe caught you know kind of caught them a little bit um caught them resting on their laurels a little bit and on this power play uh, i thought they had good movement on the power play leading up to the goal um just yeah i, I don't know it's, it, was, it was a good goal like it was a good goal it was nice to see um the power play kind of have some success because the power play has been a real jekyll and hyde situation for this team all year uh so it was nice to see it was nice to see it you know a little bit on i mean obviously 
Yeah, we'll talk um, about the power play giveth the power play taketh away, but exactly. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the in the segment. Um but yeah, definitely the precursor to the power power play giveth power play taketh away, that's for sure. And that first period shots on goal would be seven to ten in favor of the Sharks. And like we had said, really opened up with a slogging type affair. Um the Sharks really uh I think weathered the storm of Connor McDavid and then pinned them back in their own zone when they could and, uh, you know, took advantage and got that power play and was able to score on it. Going into that second period, it would even out a little bit. Uh, shots on goal would be 10-10 apiece. Not really too much to, to go through in this one. I think that there was a power play by the Edmonton Oilers. Sharks would, of course, kill it off. Um and to me, again, you're you're maybe seeing the effects of not having dry sidle um, and not giving the Edmonton Oilers a consistent uh, attack in the offensive zone. So, you know, the Sharks were able to press on that a little bit, and I think we saw that in the in the shot stats being yeah. fairly even um, going into that third period. Uh, for me, at least, I don't know how you saw it. Uh, Ian, but I felt that the Sharks had done a good job um, pushing back within like the first 10 minutes of that period. The shots in that third period would be 5 to 11 in favor uh, of the Sharks. Uh, Edmonton, again, still really kind of sleepy and sleepwalking, but um, yeah, go I mean, that was, in- and that's the thing. I mean, if like that, as a Sharks fan, I think that's what's frustrating is, is like Edmonton really, they never really looked that engaged in this game, and yet. Like, you know, and yet they were able to kind of hold the Sharks. Now, Mike Smith did get lucky a couple times, too. Um, I remember, like, there was a Couture shot where I was surprised Couture didn't put it into the net. And actually, Logan Couture, for a guy who's taken a lot of flack lately, some of it definitely deserved. I thought I, I thought this was probably one of the better games he's played in, in, in this recent stretch. Because um, I know some people have been really kind of sour with Couture. I'm not as sour with Couture as other people, but... Um, I thought he played or I thought he played a much better game tonight, like a really good game tonight. Um, probably one of the better games I've seen him play in, in, in quite some time. Yeah, I thought Logan's game was was good. And, and you know, he's also very much uh, dependable within his own zone. Right. So you've always got that and you've always got the um, just that 200 foot game that he brings. But I thought on the offensive uh, attack tonight, I thought he did a pretty good job facilitating and taking shots when he when he could. Yeah, yeah. I and, thought, again, he just Mike Smith got lucky on a couple of of shots where I thought Couture was going to put it in the net. Yeah, and I mean Rudolph Balsers as well hitting the goalpost and you know going through the the blue paint and um, you know there could have been a couple of goals that the Sharks could have scored. Uh, maybe one in that first period that could have gone in and, and a couple in that second period that could have gone in. But I think really where it falls apart is the Sharks, you know, get that power play and, um, you know, 11:56 in Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets a shorthanded goal with the second power play unit on the ice. Um, Ryan Merkley tonight was kind of all over the charts for me. And so far as we got to see the talent on display, we see the creativity, we see the fantastic skating we see the vision um Mm. and then sometimes and and to be quite honest with you on on this particular goal this was more on mario ferraro than it was on uh ryan merkley i think mario ferraro pinched way too hard and was way too far down um and again when you're got a one nothing lead and you get that power play there you've got to shift back into not full conservative mode, but I would say a more balanced blue line attack where, look, if anything goes below, let's say, the hash marks, um, then, you know, don't let those defensemen pinch because uh, you got to make sure you have that that extra back end um, protection because if it squirts out, if it gets past one of them, boom, you get a two-on-one. Exactly what happened. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets it from Zach Hyman and um, Darnell Nurse, you know, really just doing the bulldozer job down in the corner pulling it out over to to um, Hyman who who legs it out I mean he, very speedy skater we've seen that in his time at Toronto and then getting it over to Ryan Nugent and he just buries it so 
unfortunately yeah. there i mean yeah what, what, I mean, what do you see on this breakdown it's unfortunate here the problem yeah i mean like i i think you hit around the head right it's a really bad pinch by mario ferraro um but because that's what starts the play it's not gonna be what gets the what gets the attention right what's gonna get the attention is um ryan merkley kind of just diving at whoever has the puck which um I'll give him credit. Like, obviously, like he's trying to obviously make a play there and he's trying to stop. And and I, I joked on Twitter, like, you know, there's 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 some things from Brent Burns game that you should absolutely pick up. But the starfish isn't one of them. Um, the difference between what he did and what Brent Burns usually does is Brent Burns usually like does the starfish and then slides out of the play. <laughs> um, this wasn't that right. But he's still, you know, once you're on the ice, you're on the ice. You can't do anything else. So um, I, I think. Obviously, a desperation play by Ryan Merkley um, to try to try and prevent a goal here. I, I just you know, but an ill-timed one at that, you know. And it's unfortunate because, like you said, like with obviously with the bad pinch, you know, everyone's out of position, and Ryan Merkley's trying to play probably three people, and he shouldn't have to be playing three different people, um, and that's obviously problematic. But again, you know, once once you once you put your belly on the ice, you're out of the play. Yeah. So I, I understand it's a desperation play. Um, do I think this was uh, worthy of getting benched the rest of the game? No, not really. I mean, again, he's trying to he's trying to make a play on three different players because he has no help. Um, but of course, you know, someone has to someone has to be accountable. So Ryan Merkley has to sit on the bench um, for the rest of the game. Uh, you know, and that's just Bob Bugner at this point. I. <sighs> I, we could, you know, I could give the same rant about Bob Bugner, you know, every, like, you just want to repeat the same shit every show. Yeah. And, you know, Bob Bugner, great segue there. Uh, we got some comments coming in from AJ. Uh, you know, I thought our big boys were good tonight. Where has this been? I don't know. The last six or seven games we've played well, but the big mistakes have cost us. And I think the first part of that highlight is kind of, or the first part of that comment is kind of garbage because it's like, look, the, the big boys have been what's kind of sustaining and keeping the, the team afloat. What I yeah. kind of take umbrage with, or, or at least I'm a little concerned, um, you know, quite frankly, is, is the fact that these mistakes continue to happen. There's, oh, you know, yeah, we've played well, but the big mistakes continue to cost us. It's like, okay, if you understand that they continue to cost us, why are they being made? And at what point do you need to start rectifying that portion? Well, I of think the he game? tries, but he just can't, you know. But again, it's like you, yeah, you can only bench, you know. Like obviously, I, I'm not trying to justify things here, but obviously, like this team has enough problems. You, yeah. you know, if you let's say, and I'm just pulling a name out of a hat here, right? Because I think that I don't think Eric Carlson had his best game tonight. But if you sit Eric Carlson on the bench, well, then the puck is just going to the rest of the, the the rest of the game is going to be in your zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Ooh, uh, Chester, Chester Chivo with the Jim Tom Sula reference. Oh, boy. Uh, Chester, good to see you uh, chiming in. Um, it's 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 unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And, and really, at this point, I, I think we're going to start to have a bigger conversation you know, once we finish this game off and and to that point, the Sharks would hold it together till overtime. Connor McDavid would be sprung by Mike Smith himself, you know, goalie goalie handler, puck handler extraordinaire. Mike Smith gets it out to him on a on a poke check um, and, and McDavid's off to the races and goes backhand and you're not stopping that. I mean, at that point, you know, I, I felt at that point, if you could collectively pull anybody who's watching that play anybody if you're in the arena or if you're even just watching it on espn or watching it you know over over in kanukistan um you've got to think at that moment he gets that puck at the blue line he's all alone it it game over yeah <laughs> you know at that point i'm like yeah i don't even need to watch this i see where this is going <laughs> And um and yeah that's how it would end the uh, the Oilers would uh, score in overtime and uh, Mike Smith would get the assist his first on the year Connor Bedard's forty first goal and uh, Edmonton Oilers would prevail 
tonight's uh, attendance, according to ESPN, was 12,046. And uh, let's take a look over at the shot counter. 32-24 in favor of the Sharks. The Sharks with 22 hits on Edmonton's 19. Faceoffs 27-23 in favor of the Sharks. I mean, you look at this statistically. Statistically, this looks like a 2-1 Sharks win. But, of course, you know, with the Sharks making the mistakes, um, it goes the other way. And Yeah, yeah. The Sharks, see, here's the problem with the Sharks, right? Is the Sharks... They're they're not good. I mean, I don't know how many different ways I can I can say that. They're not good. And in order for them to beat really good teams, they have to play a perfect game. But bad teams don't play perfect games. So it's kind of like a conundrum, right? And then on top of that, you're going into overtime. What the fuck is Matt Nieto doing starting in an overtime period? <laughs> like this is this is the problem that I have with with Bob Booger. And this is the problem that I have with the team, right? Like yeah. he's just he, he just oh no, I have to have that you know somewhat defensively reliable player out there just in case things go wrong. Well, things went wrong and it, it didn't matter, right? Like I don't understand how Matt Nieto is your fucking go-to starting guy in a three-on-three, and I understand that this team doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. But let me tell you something. Matt Nieto isn't fucking one of them. Like, Matt Nieto is not one of your weapons, period. If you think Matt Nieto is one of your weapons, you know, that's that's a problem. So, so Ian, I need to have... So then we need to start having this conversation then because I think, you know, picking it up from where you're at with your frustrations in the deployments, you know, my frustrations with... The fact that the organization is not cycling through more of its prospects to see what they have. Is this team going to be stuck at this ceiling of mediocrity with this coach and with this commitment to players that have not actualized yet? And I am going to pick out one guy and I love his work ethic. I love what he's been showing me, but it's not translating to the stats and it's not translating into goals. And that person, and you'll probably know who I'm talking about is Rudolph Balsers. I mean, at, at what point do we say, Hey, we're, we're playing him and you know, we're playing him consistent minutes. When, when is it time to be like, okay, maybe it's, it's time to give another guy a look. I mean, who else do they have, though, right? This, this is this is the problem, though. Like, it won't be... Like, other guys don't get looks on this team. So that's what you get. You get Rudy Balsers. Because just the same reason why, like, you look on the defense and, like, guys like Jacob Magna and Nicholas Melange, you know? And, like, this, they, they, got, they got to bring in some other guys and give other guys a chance because they traded a guy like Cogliano away who, again, you know, didn't really do what people wanted him to do defensively and you know obviously he wasn't adding anything to the offense but he was he was the quote-unquote safe guy right like this is the problem is Bob Ugner is married to these safe guys and if he's the coach next year it's going to be more of the same it's going to be more of the the fucking Lane Petersons getting a million games and power play time to boot where other guys are going to be like what about me like I actually have you know like I actually have upside oh no 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 you 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 made a mistake in the first period you're sitting on the bench the rest of the game but my my safe guys are going to go and this team again look at you don't sign Tomas Hurdle to an eight-year extension if you're going to do any sort of rebuild so this team's going for it next year which means again same coach same bullshit it's going to be the safe guys getting all the ice time and any dynamic player that might you know that might do something great but then might turn over the puck because you know, sometimes dynamic plays are high risk. Well, no, we can't have that. I we mean, we'll sit on the bench. Ian, did you hear tonight the the crowd at SAP just completely get out of their seats for Ryan Merkley? 
That is why you keep him in the lineup. I mean, he's a guy that puts butts in the seats. And maybe, you know, maybe he's not going to have the greatest of defensive nights. But you can see a little gem like that, that little pirouette that he did on the ice tonight gets everybody, you know, a little excited. And then you bring in Eki, you know, into the fold next Mm -hmm. year. And I'm like, look, the the future is bright. You know, the, 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 the guppies, the guppies are full in the pond, you know, like let's, well, I think, I see think next year, I think, see, this is the problem, right? Like, I think, I think next year is going to be pain, but I think there'll be more bright spots next year, but I still think next year is going to be pain. I don't think that this, depending on what they do this summer, I don't think they're going to, this team's suddenly going to contend. Look, they, they don't have money to spend because you have to hold money aside to get Timo Meyer done. So it's not like they're going to go out and replace Evander Kane. Right? Right. Now, yeah, should the Barracuda be more interesting next year? I think so. I mean, are all those are all these guys that we're so excited for, are they going to come and be first, you know, opening night guys on the Sharks? Probably not. That's the reality of it. Probably a lot of them shouldn't be. And that's also the reality of it. I know everyone wants to, like, get super excited. Now, I'm not trying to, like, rain on anyone's parade here, right? But, like, some of these guys are going to need some time to transition to the NHL game. And that's what the Barracuda's for. And the Barracuda were, you know, not great this year. But I think they're going to be significantly better next year, depending on, you know, I think there's still some question marks on defense. And we'll see what they have in goal. I think, you know, is is Magnus Krona coming? I would assume so. I would. I don't understand why you trade Melnichuk otherwise. So obviously, I think that's you know. So is Corona going to come? Maybe. And and you know, I I like I he had a pretty good year in Dallas or uh, Denver, sorry. So you know, I'm curious to see what that brings. So at um, this point, yeah. I mean, at this point, are you convinced that Bob Bugner's the right guy to bring these kids into? No, no, no. He has NHL? no patience for young players. He has no patience for young players. What this season? has given you like if this is a team that's going to be that's going to try and compete by bringing in young guys and having them try to get spots well if they're going to get 30 seconds to to not you know if they're going to get one screw up and then be stable to the bench repeatedly and then not dressed why would you know why i don't know why that would give anyone faith like i don't i i bob bugner is the coach because he was one of the guys that they that they employed when they fired Peter DeBoer. Okay. And they so, didn't want to they didn't want to hire another they didn't want to hire another coach. Like obviously they did hire some people in, in the offseason um after his first little stint, but other than that, I mean it was just all guys that were already on the payroll. Yeah. And uh you know, we've got got AJ coming in. Thank you AJ uh with some more um from the locker room we were able to dictate play uh what they had to do i thought we did a good job breaking out and boxing guys out in front of our net it was a good game unfortunately someone had to lose you know of course you know what else is he going to say there but um you know it's it's again one of those one of those frustrating nights you you see up on the scroller there 917 save percentage from james reimer and he's doing everything he can to you know to keep the team in that and um give the opportunity for the kids to grow in front of him and um I'll I'll ask you this, Ian. After this season, should Bob Bugner be allowed to go into next season, or or, or go even into training camp uh, as the head coach of the San Jose Sharks? Nobody will. No, but he will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he's not going anywhere. He's safe. I can't. I'd be. I would be shocked, shocked if he was fired in the offseason. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's he's going to be here. Because again, like here, here's the other thing, right? Like I just, I don't feel like I feel like Bob Bugner is like one of those guys where ideally you would help, like you would hope you'd bring along the kids, and then when you get good, you fire him and bring in a real coach. Right. But he's not doing the other part well either right like it's not i don't think he's doing a particularly good job bringing the kids along you see you see a lot of these guys who i think have had their 
games negatively impacted by just fear of being like, I'm going to make a mistake and then I'm going to sit in the press box for a week. Right. So in, in your mind then, do the Sharks need to go younger or do they need to go with a more, let's say, proven coach who has a proven record of getting the most out of young players? I don't know. I mean, I see, and this is where I don't know the answer, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't believe in the Sharks' vision going forward. Okay. I don't believe. I, I think that, look, at, I love Tomas Hurdle, and I'm happy he's still here. But with that, I'm just, but at the same time, I feel like in five years, we're going to be still talking about this team being shit and how it's now going to take another five years to get out of it. Yeah. And that would then suggest that the youth that comes up isn't going to be enough to push them over the top and that because I don't it depends like maybe the Sharks will surprise me right and they will you know take a wrecking ball to some of these core pieces but I until I see it I don't believe it like until I see them starting to take a wrecking ball to some of these core pieces like the guys that make up the core if they don't touch that if if there's if the, this unending loyalty to those guys continues, then, I mean, how do you get optimistic? Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if Mark Edward Vlasic is still here, and, and maybe he has to be here because I think that buyout is really gross if you do it this summer. Like, it is really gross. But if you're going to keep him here, then you probably have to move a Brent Burns. He's your next most movable guy, in my opinion. I don't think you move Couture. If you move Couture, then you have one center. Right. Right? Like, (laughs) NHL teams need more than one center. There has to be Um, a blue liner, because that's the only... Right. It has to be from the blue line. Look at Eric Carlson's not going anywhere. Yep. So, it's either... It's got to be Vlasic, whether that be trade or buyout likely you know again and if you think that if this team wants to have its cake and eat it too it's not going to spend a high pick to move Vlasic because they want to rebuild and be competitive at the same time so that to me leaves Brent Burns and I and I look at I like Brent Burns I don't I think you know does Brent Burns play always you know am I always in love with Brent Burns play no but is he a good defenseman? Yeah. And he's a defense. Like he's a guy that as much as like, sometimes we harp on him. Like I, I've said it a billion times. GMs would trip over themselves to get a guy like Brent Burns on their team. Even at most, like even at most, even probably at all his cap, honestly. Yeah. I think you could get somebody who would take, you know, the entire cap and, but I mean, so you, even if you retain, right? So if you retain some cap, but I don't think you have to retain a ton of it. Like I don't think Brent Burns's contract is so toxic that you have to retain fifty percent and drop, you know, and drop a bunch of futures on top of it to get him out of here. No, I I think you could a, a GM would grab Brent Burns because every GM says, yeah, okay, he, you know, there's some liability in his game, but I've got the perfect guy to play with him. Every GM thinks they've got the perfect guy. Doug Wilson thought he had like four of the perfect guy. <laughs> and he paid them all accordingly and then had to, you know, buy one out and one's not playing right now. And that's how it goes. But yeah, there's there's always, I, I still feel like there's a GM out there that's going to be like, I have the perfect guy to play him with. Who's um who's your team then that you'd like to see maybe take a run at, at a Brent Burns and, you know, could really thrive? I mean, I don't know. I think if you're, hmm, that's a good question. And I don't have cap friendly up in front of me. So obviously I'd have to figure out how to make that cap work. Like maybe you'd have to make somewhat of a hockey trade there. Um, Maybe the Sharks have to take back a contract that maybe they don't want to take back to make that work. But there's always a team, right? Like, I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head where I'm thinking like Brent Burns, perfect. 
Um, just cause I, just because again, it is it is a it is a big cap number. So obviously, you would have to probably take a contract back. Um, but I I don't know. I still think like there'd be teams that would take him. And uh, thank you at Jerry F for the Venmo donation. We really appreciate it. And yeah, appreciate uh, it. You know what? It goes back into uh, into the show that you're watching. So we appreciate uh, the donation, and uh, it's your tax dollars at work. <laughs> um, some people are keep pushing Dallas. I mean, look, there's there's I get, all sorts I get of the Dallas one right but... because you know Dallas Pavelski, but I don't know, man. Like Dallas. Um, maybe I again maybe but like you said I think Brent Burns has enough cachet left in the league to where, oh yeah I think absolutely where a, a GM would be more than willing to you know give up some assets to get him and again not not necessarily being you know of the Brent Burns that won the Norris trophy but it's going to be a guy who's going to add some offense from the blue line I still think he's physical. a productive player and yeah. I think is if he doesn't have to be like if you were a team like I think Dallas is a good situation right let me take a look at Dallas's blue line quickly here just because it's been brought up a hundred million times so let's talk about Dallas <laughs> let me get, bring up ye old cap friendly Ye old cap friendly. And while you're doing that, three stars of the game tonight was Mike Smith, number one star, Tomas Hurdle, number two star, and Connor McDavid, the number three star. And I don't know. I would probably put Connor McDavid number two and Hurdle number three, but I guess we're oh, at home. Jesus Christ. Dallas resigned Suter. I didn't realize Suter got like a four year deal. What, what are you doing, Dallas? But here's the thing, right? So if oh, you wow. bring, like. Thank you so much, uh, out on the wire three uh, super chat donation from the uh, great state of Alberta. Thank you so much. Hey, yeah, thank you. Province, um, excuse me. Uh, yes, province. <laughs> um, I don't, but it, here's the thing, right? Like, could you could you picture a situation though where if you bring up Brent Burns and you're Dallas, right? Like, obviously, he, you know, Heiskanen's there. He's going to be the guy that's going to chew all the minutes. Like, if you could take some of those minutes off of Brent Burns, yeah. And especially that, that's the ideal thing, right? That's what you're looking for. And especially if Klingberg's not coming back or, and you know, right. they're going to be moving on from, from Klingberg, then I think that that would be a great little piece to kind of fill in that, that production. So it'll be interesting to see what the sharks do. And then of course we also have the, uh, the goaltending carousel. And again, we heard it on the broadcast tonight. They're talking about the, uh, the carousel that is the sharks goaltending and they have an asset there that they can um, part, you know, parlay into something else. So there's going to be, here's the thing, right? And I just saw in the chat, sorry, Drew saying the Kraken have like 30 picks in two, in two <laughs> in the next years. And they have the cap space. The problem is, is Brent Burns does have some control over where he goes. He, he can go to three teams. Right. And I think, what is that? Vegas. Is it Vegas, Dallas? <laughs> Vegas, Dallas. I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, he could give you that kind of a list, right? Where like, yeah, I'll go. Um, I want to go to these three teams. I want to go to Tampa. I want to go to Vegas. And I well, maybe not Vegas anymore, but I want to go to Tampa. You know, maybe Florida, uh, Panther, Tampa, Florida, yeah, Tampa, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I mean, so you're not going to dump them. Like you're going to have to work with them somewhat. Um, and again, but I don't know. I, I just think. I think ultimately my point was before we got super sidetracked here is that uh, and. Like something has to happen with this core. If this, if the team, if the team goes forward loyal to this core, like those core guys, and nothing gets changed in there, like what do they expect to change otherwise? Then, right, right. I mean, it's, that's all. it's the uh, pounding your head against the the brick wall motif playing out in Sharkland. I feel like, and um, you know, that being said, they're going to be they're going to be middling and this is kind of kind of the result of that hopefully like like we said we can get some you know get 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 some decent production out of the prospects and the young kids but again it goes back to you got to have a coach that's willing to play them um got to have a coach that's willing to help develop them along and um at this point i mean bob booner very much seems like he's cut from the same cloth as peter DeBoer, and he's yeah except for his dollar store peter DeBoer. <laughs> like he's he's like he's like he, he's like when you go into the like the dollar store and you go into the toy section and you get action man instead of gi joe like that's that's what he is right he is bat person 
instead of Batman. <laughs> Robin? <laughs> you got Robin? Uh, no, it's Blue Jay. Oh, Blue Jay. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Because you can't, you can't copy, you can't infringe. You can make it look as close as possible. You can't, you can't knock, you can't, like, go against the trademark. So, yeah, he's Blue Jay. Blue Jay. Yeah, I like that. I like the comparison. It's, um, it's Bat Person and Blue Jay. <laughs> bat Person um i mean we we saw him up close and personal tonight ian i mean and and i i quickly just want a quick glance over before you know before we we start heading out into the weeds and and closing this thing up mike smith still an edmonton oiler and uh, are you surprised that the oilers didn't do anything more to shore up that goaltending i mean yeah yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? I, I was looking, like, when they're showing the stats for the, the guys today, like, sub-900, like, if I'm, and I know we got some Oilers fans watching, and I, I, really I, I mean it. this with, with all the love, right? Like, I I don't know how you guys do it, because, like, <laughs> I look at this team, and I look at my goaltending, like, and I don't understand how, like, I don't understand how, Ken Holland is going to get away with wasting McDavid's prime years and dry settles prime years. Like I don't, I feel really bad because I feel like if I'm an Oilers fan right now, I'm yeah, I'm excited. I'm always, you know, you're always excited for playoff hockey, especially when you don't, when you, when you go a long stretch without it, but man, like I don't, I'm not comfortable. Like I'm, I don't, I wouldn't be running out to put money down on either Edmonton or Toronto for that matter. Why? Goaltending, both teams. Yeah, you look at Toronto's game earlier tonight and you just look at how they imploded and you know, the oil could have been very similar with the Oilers and I think Oilers fans were collectively holding their breath when they saw, you know, Mike Smith keel over with on his leg and and it's like, uh-oh. You know, it's like Yeah, I was weird. I I, I was curious what happened there cuz at first I thought maybe like somehow the puck got him between the pant leg and the pad, like right above the knee. Cause that hurts like a bitch. Yeah. That, um, but I wasn't, but then it looked like a stretchy thing. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. It looked like he, he maybe when you guys, um, or, sorry, reading Dana's uh, comment. Thanks Dana. Um, maybe it was going down into the butterfly, um, and, and, and pulling back up. It maybe it was, it pulled something or print something. I don't know, but yeah, kind of no free ads. <laughs> uh laurel saying gotta be gotta be sugar-free um uh yeah i'm pretty sure this is ian i mean going going into the next game i what what more i mean do, do you think we're going to be in for uh for a round of pain against calgary yeah i mean or are they gonna or i feel like sharks... some guys are starting to check out a little bit and it's yeah. really obvious um and some of them are really good players uh that probably shouldn't be checking out um does he I, happen to have a six on a five in his on his jersey i'm gonna get hell for this and i'm usually a bigger carlson guy but i didn't like i saw carlson's it too game at all tonight. i saw it too i didn't like his game tonight man i'm a big eric carlson guy like you guys if you guys go back and watch episodes you know i'm usually a big eric carlson guy not not his best game and I just, uh, not good, not good, not good enough. For me, it was, it was a little bit of the attitude he had after the puck skipped over his, his, uh, his tape there on the blue line and he stopped skating. He just stopped. He just, he just let it go. I just, I watched him watch the puck sail into his own zone. You had two Oilers coming down and, uh, you had, he only had one. Um, you know, one player back and it's just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, yeah. At least, at, at least, at least stretch your legs and make it look like you're trying to skate. I mean, come on now. I just, I don't know. Not a good game. Yeah. I, I, I just, I wasn't, I was not happy with this game tonight um, at all. Um, yeah. And, uh, but again, like, oh man. Imagine trying to stay engaged when it's like, like when Bob Bugner sends you up there with, with you're already bad. And then he like says, you know what? Here, look at, I understand it's overtime. I understand it's three on three. 
you know, so you probably want to have some offense out there. But let me tie one hand behind your back and then go play. Like, I, I, it'd be hard to stay. Engaged, oh, okay, right? I mean, come on. Overtime winner, Matt Nieto? No? <laughs> <laughs> no, just me? <laughs> uh, and, um, and AJ, thank you, AJ, for uh, for chiming in. If you haven't already, go check out uh, AJ's uh, Twitter and the th- actually the Teal Town USA Twitter. Uh, Landy, I gift the EK play you're talking about. Just watched everybody skate by him. Yep, that was the one I was talking about. And it, it sucks because he's he's the leader of the team, and you know this is yeah this is a uh, yeah, and he's a guy who's been like again like he. He's had he had he's had a really good year this year as far as like I think he's had a really good year. I think there was there was large stretches of the season where he was the best defenseman on the team, but this game wasn't good. Yeah. Drew saying Carlson needs to go back to Ottawa. I mean and then Jerry F going <laughs> forever hashtag forever home. Look, I mean, the thing is even if he is homesick or even if he is, you know, butthurt that he's still not in Ottawa. I mean, look, dude, you, you're not going anywhere. You got, you got, no, exactly. you got it, a it golden, you got a golden size bone anchor and you better be happy with where you're at. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it, look at, I mean, obviously look, the writing's on the wall for this team. It's been for a while. Um, I don't know, man. Like it again, frustrating game. Cause I don't think Edmonton gave you even close to their best, and they still walked out with the W. Yep. Uh, Chester saying, can we get Norris back? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we're all asking that. Um, I mean... You know, we had talked a little bit about the uh, about the prospects on the last show, so I don't think we'll we'll need to do another check in maybe for another week or so with them, and uh, you know, going through and and uh, having Jurgard Dur- season just finish up. Um, we'll see where yeah, Eki uh, ends that's, up. That's Sucky's. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sucky Sucky way for them to end. Um, real big fall from Grace for for your garden. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what you do right because I think that. I mean, okay, you could have kept Eklund here and played him. Like, they're, they're always, that was always an option, right? But I don't think the Sharks were going to do that just because they have, again, like, if Eklund pops off and you burn a year of his ELC, well, then that's, you know, you can kick that can down the road a little bit, right? And I think that's what they wanted to do. And I think they thought that he was going to have a better season in your garden than obviously he did. And obviously the team wasn't very good. I think... I don't think it was a, a complete, like, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to get anyone worried, like, oh, this was a complete disaster. We've completely destroyed his development. Now, I, I think it's fine. Like, I think, look at, if they were, if if the plan was always not to let him use a year of his ELC, his options were your garden over in Sweden or the Barracuda. I probably still rather him in your garden playing in the SHL than in the AHL. Now, with your garden getting relegated and playing in the Elsvenskin next year. Yep. I don't think that is a situation where you send Eklund back to. Now, some people on here are going to go, wait, Ian, didn't Jonathan Dolan go to the Elsvenskin and, you know, find his game? And I'll say, yes, that's true. That happened. Here's the difference. So you have to remember the age difference too, right? Like, obviously, um, Jonathan Dolan didn't really have a good time in the uh, I want to say what is it Vancouver system mm-hmm. didn't really go very well right um, came over played for the Barracuda for a bit and then went back to Sweden had to go and basically found his game in a place that was comfortable for him which was Sweden right now Eklund sometimes and that's fine like to, to go over and find your game and then cash that back into you know an NHL deal and an NHL one-way deal I mean that's awesome. Hey, and, to, and he you know, beat, as a young player to go find your game, right? And beat some trajectory but, of some, you know, of some prospects from uh, you know, Scandinavia who will come over for that one year, take a look and mm-hmm. then be like, "Hey, I want to go back home" because that's Sure. You know, so at least he came back after he found his game there. Yeah, no, and that's it, right? Like he went and found his game. It's a different situation. Now William Eklund on the other hand, right. you know, he's going to be a 19-year-old 
prospect next year. Um, his the best thing for his development is to play against the best competition. Now, I, I think the SHL is one of the best hockey leagues in the world. Probably number, probably the number three league behind after KHL. the NHL and the K. Yep, exactly yep. after the K. The SHL is probably the, the the third best league in the world. I don't think. I think the AHL is probably better than the I'll hear arguments to the contrary. Jump in my Twitter and let me know if I'm an idiot for saying that I think the AHL is probably a better league than the Elsvenskin. If I'm wrong, jump in my Twitter. Uh, show no, me your I, I think I think you're probably right. I think it, in the echelon, it, it, it goes NHL, KHL, SHL, AHL. I would say it would be the DL and Svenskin would be very close. The Liga would also be in there too. Yeah, Liga would be up there. Um, but but I don't know, you know, like in said, that show your work. Yeah, so in that in that general in that general area. But yeah, I think if you know, especially if if Jurgarn got uh, relegated, they're going to be going back to Al Svenskin. It's it's good mm-hmm. to keep him against, um, you know, against the well, the not, best competition. I'm, I'm he not can. only better competition, but even like let's say he's not on the team now. I, I, no, I think William Mecklen's going to be on this team next year. I but do too. In the off chance, like maybe they go and they send him to the to the AHL for twenty games or thirty games. Like at least he's still playing on the North American ice. And look at the Barracuda are going to be a much better team next year than they were this year. Like if he's, if he has to play 30 games on the Barracuda, he's going to have much better players to play with than he, than he would this year on the Barracuda. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I I would, I would definitely say that. And, and again, who's to say that going into this off season, he doesn't, um, you know, bulk up a little bit more, get a little bit more, ready for the NHL game and, and go off next year. And yeah, again, prospects are, you know, prospects are, are a uh, round at the lotto, you know, or a, uh, you know, around at the craps table, whatever you want to associate the, uh, the metaphor with, but it's, it's, it's crapshoot and they all develop in a little bit different way. Um, and all you can do is just give them the best opportunity to develop to the best of their ability so for Dolan, that was going back, or excuse me, for uh, yeah, for Dolan, that was going back for Eklund. I think it's it's to keep him at the against the highest level of competition. Yeah, and, and that's what and that's what he needs to do, right? He needs yeah. to he needs to play against the highest level of competition where he can hang. Yeah. And to me, that should be next year. That ideally will be the NHL. If it has to be the HL for a stretch, like I said, for a stretch of 20, 30 games. So be it. But at least it's on the North American ice surface. It's playing the North American game, which is obviously ultimately that's the game that, you know, he's going to have to excel at if he's going to pan out, which I, I look at. I love this kid. I, I, I'm i still super excited about this kid. I know he didn't have um, he didn't have the season in the SHL that they probably would have liked him to have. Um, you know, and again, uh, it's hard to it's hard when you're it's hard when your team isn't good, too. Right. Like it's hard to be good when your team isn't good because this isn't basketball. One guy's, you know, like star players are really good, but they can't win a game on their own. Yeah. Maybe a goaltender. Maybe. No, because they can't score. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, well, tell tell of getting a back off that. <laughs> um, Ricky, I mean, we, we could go into the Roy Sommer talk, but I think we've talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. It's the same similar situation as to as to um, Bugner. I mean, he's going to be kept there. He's a he's an organizational favorite. And, and yeah, and Kevin, Kevin bring up like just check out the NHL E chart, which I, I know of it and I know where it is. I just again, I'm speaking. I just talk out of my ass on this show. I don't always have everything in front of me, but um, but he did. He did. Um, he was right. Liga is definitely higher than the Dell. <laughs> um, and uh, for everybody watching, we really appreciate uh, all of the all of the concurrent views. Mm-hmm. And um, we uh, ask you to please subscribe and hit the notification bell to check us out after we go live after every single Sharks game. Uh, it's it's a grind, but we do it. And uh, <laughs> Ian, where can the people find you in, in the final thoughts on the evening tonight? Uh, final thoughts on the evening. I mean, 
I pretty much I've laid it all out already. I don't really have much more to say. Um, you can find me at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Um, I, I I don't know. I haven't really been tweeting a lot lately, but uh, I'll I'll try and tweet more. Um, I don't know, man. Twitter sometimes just annoys me because it's just like sometimes it needs to be like a cesspool of negativity, and I I don't know, man. It's not my game. Yeah, yeah, you know, fun must be always. Let's let's take a pick. Let's take a page out of the hurdle book, right? And uh, you know, cast out that toxicity. You know, it's it's <laughs> it, the thing is like it's so it's so easy to be nice. Like, yeah, so many people on Twitter just want to be dickheads, and I just like it's fine. Like if that's your thing, like then you do you. But like it's just it's so easy to be nice. I don't know. It really is. It really is. And uh, as far as my final thoughts go, again, I want to see continued growth i want to see the team moving in a good direction um putting the players to uh putting the players in a position to best succeed putting them in a a position to best develop um right now i think the sharks have kind of taken a little bit of a backseat on the development and and really continue to push this uh veteran forward or you know veteran heavy um group together and um, not allowing the kids to make the mistake you know to not allowing kids to make a mistake without you know serious consequences and repercussions and i think for me at least you know that they're you know it's 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 done and so now it's time to let them make the mistakes it's time to to see you know what kinds of talent and and what kinds of um creativity that these players have and and going forward to to see how this is going to shake out for next season um, as far as where you can find me, uh, you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K, last name L-A-N-D-I, across all of the social media garbage platforms. That being said, in case you missed us and you want to check us out again, check us out across all of the podcasting platforms, that being the Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, the YouTube Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and of course, all of that and more. Yeah, Along juice with- our numbers. Download us on everything. Just juice our numbers. <laughs> Check us out at tealtownusa.com. <laughs> and remember, too, if you haven't uh, checked it out or if you have not uh, seen it, uh, Pucknologist goes live on Sunday at 7. And um, drop, them a, drop them a like and drop us a like on the, uh, on the Apple Podcasts. Give us comments. And, uh, you know, continue those comments uh, in the the uh, line here on this uh on this video if you're watching on the rewind and uh, we'll try to get your comments on next show that being said i think we've covered up everything so for ian and myself keep it real keep it teal keep it real teal and thank you everybody we will see you after the game against calgary